0: Hello and welcome to the Nefesh Sesh Podcast. I'm Amy. And I'm Kathy. Nefesh, which is the title of our show, is an extension of a few of our favorite things that we like to do together as friends. We like to study the Bible together and learn as much as we can about how to become healthier humans so that we can better love the
1: other humans in our lives. We invite you to join us as we learn and practice. The music that you hear in the background is from our friends, the Shira Brothers. You can find their music on Apple Music, Spotify, or Amazon Music. You can also follow them on Instagram and Facebook at Shira Brothers.
0: Welcome to our second episode. It's a packed episode, and today we're bringing you Enneabody and Everybody. We have lots of items to share with you that will provide something for everybody, such as resources for determining your Enneagram type, an Enneabody app that is customized for your specific type, and four practical tips for determining or confirming your type. This episode today is designed for the amateur or the novice. If you're just hearing the word Enneagram for the first time, or if you are interested in learning more about your personal type, you will find this episode helpful. The Enneagram is a model of nine basic personality types. Each type is interconnected with the other eight types, but each has its own distinctive desires, needs, and fears. And as unique individuals, you know, we always display characteristics of all nine of the types, but we tend to possess one type as our dominant type. And we believe that identifying our Enneagram type and studying it can be really helpful in our journeys toward better overall health.
1: So one of the reasons we wanted to talk with you today about the Enneagram is that the Enneagram, we think, can help us understand kind of the unique struggles we each have with sin. Uh, struggles that we have in relationships, and just kind of the brokenness of our world. So we believe that when Adam and Eve made a decision to break their relationship with God uh, in the Garden of Eden and go after their own desires, that everything became disordered at that time and kind of broken. And so as I learn more about people, I realize that we all tend to struggle with different sin tendencies, and I don't think that's anything new to us. I think we recognize that we all have um, different things that we're tempted by and uh, different things that we continually struggle with. And so to me, that's evidence of a diverse creator. God created us diversely, and so when we messed up the system, it produced diverse issues and struggles. And the Enneagram is a tool that can help us make connections between our experiences throughout our lives and our personalities and how those might lead to problems in our relationship with God and with other humans. And so for us, that's one way we love God with all our mind is using all this information um, to kind of learn how to better interact with Him and with the other people in our lives. And so recognizing sin in our lives is a step for us in the right direction to restoring those relationships. As with any other spiritual discipline, the ultimate goal of the Enneagram is not just to feel better about ourselves or to get to know ourselves, but to become more conscious um, of our desires and how that can help us develop into the best versions of ourselves. We've both spent a considerable amount of a considerable amount of time learning about the Enneagram over the past year or so, and we found that it's been tremendously helpful for us in learning about ourselves and our relationships. With that being said, we'd like to each share our Enneagram testimonies. Kathy's gonna go first. So my Enneagram testimony,
0: um, for me it's always been difficult to analyze what I'm feeling. I think And I analyze first and then I will feel second, which does not always turn out very well for me. Um, Most of my life I knew when I was upset, joyful, angry, sad, or a combination of all of those at one time. But I couldn't always name the source of those feelings. And I've always dealt with a low level of anxiety that sometimes will peak situationally or just even come out of nowhere. I have taken antidepressants for a period of time to kind of combat that anxiety, but I have a sensitivity to all medications, and so it was difficult for me to ever find a good fit. I was really disappointed and didn't really know what else to do when the medicines didn't work out for me. So, um, I started using essential oils for physical and emotional help, and that helped tremendously, but that wasn't always perfect. And Other people that deal with anxiety know that it takes a daily determination to fend off that anxiety no matter what you use to treat it. But last year, in the fall, um, I was dealing with a relationship conflict and needed some insight into my feelings and my reactions to, to how I was feeling. And I turned to God in my time of grief and realized that it was time to begin working on my emotional health and feelings that I had spent so many years stuffing, ignoring, or even running away from. So I decided to do some soul searching and became really serious about studying the Enneagram. Before that, Amy and I had taken an Enneagram quiz just for fun. Um, We had introduced the Enneagram to our entire school system. We believed in it enough. And I spent a year or more toying with different Enneagram types. For a long time, I thought I was a Type 1, but that never really seemed right for me. I did exhibit a lot of 1 behaviors for organizational purposes of a working mom of 3. And I just want to say say thank you to Type 1s. You're excellent organizers and great with details. But I kept reading because it didn't seem like a a great fit. I bought the Wisdom of the Enneagram book, and I began taking the quizzes in each of those sections until I finally narrowed it down to two types. And I was either a type 3 or a type 7. Then after that, I spent about six months thinking I was a type 7. Types 1, 3, and 7 are all common mistypes. And I want to be very transparent and honest about my confusion of what Enneagram type that I was because this is not uncommon. It's okay if you don't know your type right away or if you mistype yourself two times for a year and a half. Finding your type is a process, and most recently I've come to realize what my core motivation has been for all of my life, and I don't have to worry about being valued or being loved the most or being everyone's favorite because I have God's ultimate love. Learning about my Enneagram Type 3 has shown me that I can trust God with all those details of my life. It's strengthened my relationship with God, my family, my friends, and co-workers, and it feels so freeing to understand why I react and feel the way I do. Knowing and understanding the Enneagram has helped to ease my anxiety of dealing with emotions that I would often not process. I do still have to work daily at processing my feelings. That doesn't come naturally for me, but I have become much faster at naming how I feel. I have also found it very helpful to know other people's types so I can learn to love them well. And, you know, oftentimes learning to love other people sometimes takes a lot of work. And in the past, I didn't want to put that work in. It was just easier to just do what I wanted to do and not have to feel that. So I believe that my relationships are much richer when I understand myself before I try to understand other people, and learning about the Enneagram has assisted me to do that. Personal growth is one of the best ways to show up for yourself and the people that you love, and the Enneagram has been a meaningful tool for me at work, with my friends, and with family. I've made them all learn their types. (laughs) God has made us so unique that we'll never run out of things to learn about each other or ourselves. And I'm not quite sure how Amy and I stumbled upon the Enneagram, but I'm very thankful that we did.
1: So when we came across the Enneagram uh, and started learning about it, I was pretty quickly intrigued. I had always loved all the little personality indicators and quizzes, whether that was learning your Hogwarts house or, um, your Myers Briggs or things like that. So in high school and college, the main thing was the Myers Briggs type indicator. Um, and then when I was in grad school, I learned a lot about Howard Gardner's multiple intelligences. Um, I think I was drawn to those systems, um, because it helped me learn a little bit more about myself, but also maybe made me feel a little more normal, like what I was feeling and thinking, Um, like I wasn't alone in that. Um, But it also made me feel special, I think, because um, maybe like I was designed a certain way for a certain reason. And so that work was interesting to me, those indicators, but those to me were really just focused on working and learning styles Um, which was great for me because at the time I really prided myself in productivity and learning and work. Those were really high on my priority list, um, higher than I am proud of. (laughs) And so I was drawn to the Enneagram because I thought it would be another kind of easy label to slap on to explain some of my tendencies and behaviors and maybe highlight my strengths. Um, But it ended up kind of becoming more of a larger personal growth journey, uh, over the past year. And so uh, 2019 was was a tough year, um, kind of just full of a lot of changes and some heartbreak. I had some really high moments professionally and a lot of changes professionally, um, but my personal life was kind of in rough shape. I had hurt some people that were really close to me, uh, which led to some broken relationships and lots of pain and grief. And so I felt really lost um, for a large chunk of the year. Uh, And that kind of forced me into a really concentrated personal growth journey. And so for me, the power of the Enneagram has been less in like the system itself and more in how it's kind of encouraged me to uncover more about myself as I tried to learn my number. I spent a lot of time at the beginning thinking I was a three on the Enneagram, a type three, because of my work tendencies. Um, but I came to realize that I didn't really identify with the core motivation of a three, which is to be valued. And so uh, this winter, I kind of gave up trying to figure out my number. I was got really frustrated and realized that I didn't know very much about myself, actually. Uh didn't know what I was really motivated by or afraid of. And I kind of just felt like I hit a wall, uh, wasn't sure how to find out more. And Kathy kept encouraging me to try to identify my number. I think uh, she had kind of seen how valuable and empowering it was for her, and wanted me uh, to be able to experience that too. And so I'm thankful that uh, she kind of kept pushing me to do that. And finally, during all of this coronavirus and having to stay at home, I, it kind of gave me the space and time to revisit it and. Um, so I have identified that I am a type nine, um, which is one of the last numbers that I thought at first when we first started studying about the Enneagram. That's not the one that I first would have um, thought that I was, uh, but it's been kind of exciting now that I've uncovered some more of that to be able to learn about that. And it's been really powerful for me. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll give you four steps to identifying your Enneagram type. Two
0: now we're going to talk about four steps for you knowing your Enneagram type. So I just want to say one major rule of thumb when determining your type, as described by Don Rizzo, he's a developer of the Enneagram, and he attests, if the type you have chosen not only stirs up deep feelings, but also helps you understand aspects of yourself you have never seen before, then it is probably your type. He also says, if your choice leads you to make new connections and see new patterns in yourself and your relationships, then you have probably accurately typed yourself. So, four steps to knowing your Enneagram type. So, step one, research. It's not suggested that you take a test or survey to find your Enneagram type. Instead, it's really better to read through all of them first. When you find your type, you will feel it, as Rizzo suggests. However, if you were like Amy and I were, we couldn't wait because we wanted to take the survey, because personality surveys are so much fun. But if you can't wait and you don't want to read through all those, we suggest taking the $12 Rizzo Hudson survey. It's 144 questions, takes about 25 minutes, and the Enneagram Institute suggests that your primary Enneagram personality type is most likely the highest of the three scores and almost certainly among the highest of the two or three. So if you don't want to spend that money for the test, then you can take a free Enneagram survey on the Enneagram Institute website, and the links to both of these surveys will be on our website. Be careful in answering survey questions. Answer with your first initial feeling, not really what you want to be. Just be real honest with yourself. The idea is to grow into your authentic self. And after you've come up with a few numbers, because you may come up with a couple of numbers, especially if you do more than one survey, then it's time to begin the research on each of those or even listen to the specific Enneagram types in an interview
1: format. So step two will be, uh, reading about the core fears, desires, and sins of each type. We have a resource for that on our website where all of that is in one place. So you can kind of look at that for each number in order to fully understand your type. Uh, you should be able to resonate with the core sin of a number for it to be your type. And so, um, for me, uh, I'm a type nine, so that would be sloth, um, So think back to when you were a child. Um, Think about what you've always struggled with over and over again. Um, And and when you were a child, those feelings before you had a lot of stressors in life, think about how you felt uh, without all those stressors um, when you're thinking through your core fears, desires, and sins. The Enneagram Institute also has great resources for free for each type, and we will link those in our resources as well so that you can... Uh, visit their website.
0: Step three is self-reflection. That self-reflection time will be the best source to determining your type. Try not to allow other people's influence to determine your type. Yes, people in your life, they do know you. But typically, they do not know the integral parts of you. Pray for God's guidance to show you your true self Because God knows the integral parts of you. And this will take some dedication to yourself. But this may not happen quickly for you. So please be patient with yourself. I think we've both said it took us about a year to really determine and narrow
1: down our types. So the last step in the four steps would be to, once you've kind of narrowed down your type, um, we suggest kind of using all the resources to hone in on your number and learn more about uh, the specifics of that, uh, where you go in growth, where you go in times of stress. And uh, there are, you can also learn about the wings on each side of you and your subtypes. Once you've learned about yourself, uh, then we suggest kind of branching out to learn about the other types in order to learn how to love others well. Like we've talked about, each type has different motivations and different struggles, and it helps us love each other better. Uh, when we can kind of consider how other people think and feel differently than us. But we don't suggest typing other people or telling people what their number is. We feel like it's important for everybody to kind of go on their own journey uh, through this. And sometimes we can display negative or positive characteristics of a certain number, but that doesn't always mean uh, that that's our type. And so we don't suggest that you um, type other people for them. Uh, We will link all of our favorite resources. Um, We have found a lot of good resources. We found some resources that we don't like so much. And so we'll uh, point you to the ones that we have found the most useful. And again, all of that will be on our website.
0: So we're at the end of our episode. We want to thank you so much for listening. But before we go, we want to take a minute to talk about how we've been brave and courageous. Um, I think that's been that's been my word recently is courageous.
1: Yes, so my word uh, has been bravery, and which is kind of funny because we both kind of came upon those words around the same time independently, uh, and so it's been fun to get to kind of talk about that together because they're so uh, related to each other. So Amy, you want to tell us what you have done that's been brave lately? Yes. Uh, So I have rheumatoid arthritis and I have been in remission for about four or five years and that has kind of come back recently. And so um, I am trying to uh, attune to my physical health and change my diet in order to uh, feel a little bit better when it comes to that uh, disease. And so one of the things in the Mediterranean diet, which is supposed to be one of the best diets for inflammation, is eating a lot of fish. And growing up, I did not like fish and did not eat fish at all, except maybe fried catfish, which I don't really feel like counts, actually. <laughs> um, and so, um, but I feel like it's really important uh, to do everything I can to kind of take care of my body. Um, and so I have decided to try to learn how to cook fish. And so this week for the first time I uh, made salmon, which was quite took a lot of bravery for me because I felt really uncomfortable uh, cooking something like that that I have no experience with. And so when I went to Publix to pick up some fish, which they have some incredible fish there but, uh, and we were not sponsored by Publix, but, <laughs> um, I asked the lady behind the counter, like lots of questions. And I think she looked at me like I had two heads, um, because I was quite uh, nervous about it, but it turned out great. And I kind of can't believe that I have never tried it before. Cause that's about some of the best meat that I've ever had. Kathy, how have you been courageous lately?
0: I love your salmon story. (laughs) I can't wait for you to cook some for me. I love it. It It's so good. I'll have to admit, I've never eaten it either, except when my grandmother would make salmon patties and they were fried (laughs) and I didn't like those then. (laughs) So, but I'm going to try it again. I'll be brave with you. Yes, I hope you will. Well, just last night, I finished an eight-week course on essential oils and emotions called Wild Minds. Uh, the course was created by Jennifer Hawkins and Elisa Allen and I'm very grateful to them for hosting this course and I'm um, also thankful I was able to participate for seven out of the eight sessions. I only missed one live session, but I did make that up and Typically, I would have not devoted that amount of time and commitment to something like that because I would have felt that it was only personally benefiting me and not anybody else. Um, I think I would have thought that was selfish and felt guilty for spending that time away from my family, but I did commit to that time and I told my family that that hour each week was a sacred time for me and I was able to learn so much about myself and I met and shared with about 14 other women. And it was a courageous and enlightening experience. So use our links on our website to either begin learning your Enneagram type or learning more about the Enneagram. Go to our website and download the Enneabody app that we've created for just your Enneagram type and body type. And on our next episode, we'll discuss another tool for whole body health, the Shema Reflection Template. In the meantime, subscribe to the podcast. Give us a follow on Instagram or Facebook to stay up to date with us and go be brave rages today. We'll hope you'll join us next time.